Welcome to Mended Teacups Homemade Podcast. Molly and I are sitting here. Molly's got a cup of tea. I, I haven't got one at the moment, but that's fine. I hope you've got a chance to sit down and relax and listen to a few of our musings over some of our homemade experiences. Molly, do you want to tell us what we're going to be talking about today? Yes. Well, I would just like to add that as well as my cup of tea, I've also had one of Helen's very delicious mince pies. <laughs> and we've just been discussing mince pie recipes and um, I have to say mince meat recipes rather. And um, Helen's mince meat really is very delicious. So I wish you all here too. Um, and having some nice tea and a very, very nice mince pie. Anyway, yeah, today we're going to talk about chapter four in our book, which is, I think it's called uh, Where Does the Whiteboard Go? Where Does the and... Whiteboard Go? Yeah, that's great, isn't it? <laughs> which is do you a have great... a whiteboard? <laughs> no, actually, yes, we do. As in, Not a school whiteboard, but we've got one of those whiteboards that you kind of write on and then you rub it all off yeah. and all the pens get lost. But they do. Yeah. All they run out. <laughs> yes, all they run out. Or yeah. someone leaves the lids off them. I've, we've got a yeah. couple of small ones and I kind yes. of use them, hoik them out from yeah. time to time. <laughs> For every reason, yes. <laughs> and... And uh, it is written by the lovely Sean, who is a good friend of ours. And it's all about the transition from uh, school ed to home ed. Yeah. So... I could tell you a little bit about Sean first, shall I? So yeah, yeah. Sean is lovely. It's a really, really lovely chapter. Um, Sean, is it candid? I think that's the word you say. Mm. She's very honest um, about about all the wobbles she had uh, taking her three girls out of school. So she's a, a mum of three girls. They were all in school. And then she took out the oldest one for a while, who, for first of all, who, uh, because of her dyslexia. And then actually uh, they took out the other two a year later we had a funny story of how I met Sean she's a very lovely friend and uh when she took out her oldest daughter she was obviously one of the first questions that people say so gosh how are they going to socialize how are they going to make friends so she put on our um our home ed group a post saying does anyone else have a such and such age girl I think they were maybe about nine or something at the time nine-year-old girl and so I said oh yes I do and so we arranged to meet up at Tintersville which is like our nearest national trust place and it was kind of like a bit like a blind date sort of thing because you know we didn't, didn't know I'll, I'll be wearing bright yes, red yeah. how will we know who each other are yeah the carnation in my in my breast pocket and we started talking we realized we had really quite a lot in common and I was kind of looking at her thinking I'm sure I kind of vaguely recognize you but what we straight away had really quite a lot in common as well as the nine-year-old girl and she said did you used to live in Abbotsford Road, which is the name of a road in Bristol, and which you can never get any parking on? So don't go and go, don't go and have a look because you'll never be able to park. And and, and it, it we remembered that myself and three others had lived in the. It was one of those old houses that was divided into flats, and so myself and three others lived in the the top two stories, mm-hmm. and then she and one other girl lived in the bottom. <laughs> kind of stuff. So she, they were the girls downstairs, and I remember specifically remember going and sitting at her um kind of in her little kitchen, a little bar area, and um and we were chatting. I think it was men trouble actually. We were kind of just you know <laughs> as we did as single girls. <laughs> we were, we were so chatting was that in your student days. Yeah, was, it was that. just post student actually. Right. I was working. I was yeah. nursing, and she was teaching. Right. So um yeah. So we were um and I just remember and this isn't that strange. And then um, and then we went off and did different things. And then all these years later we met each other again that's so funny yeah so yeah oh it's lovely yeah so that's Sean and so we still go to Tinsfield actually we still that tends to be a place where it's kind of halfway between where both of us live so we tend to go there we try and go there once every half of term and meet up lovely lovely the the the, the chapter though 
which Sean writes beautifully about. So you will have to read the book to uh, find out what she says. Um, but but Helen, tell us about your your great experience of <laughs> school ed to home ed. <laughs> well, Just I have time. absolutely no experience <laughs> yes. of taking them out of school because we discovered home ed early enough yeah. and and worked out that that's what we wanted to do. That um, none of my three went to school until much much later, actually. Um, so I've got experience of the transition into school rather than out. And how about you? You've you've not got much experience, really. No, kind of, kind of. I I I would have loved. I would love to have that same story as you have, actually, because I think that would just be lovely to to be able to do right from the very start. But actually, our oldest did go to school, but not for very long. So he went part time in reception for two terms, two and a bit terms. Mm-hmm. So actually. It was just enough to realise that there was probably more to life than school. And <laughs> and I don't think he needed an awful lot of kind of de- de-schooling kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So but I think both of us know, we know people who've brought their children out of school and we've sort of seen some things in action. And so I think some of our experiences may help other people in their transition. I think my biggest thing to people bringing their children out of school is just take your time, um, just really take time out to just to absorb the change, to absorb the difference in having your child back at home instead of taking them to school every day, just to enjoy that and sort of, you know, re-find the, the chance to have that relationship that's not been quite so easy. You know, if you, I guess if you're taking your child out of school, that's often because it's been a few difficulties. Um, so just really give yourself time to adjust to that new that new way of being. Mm. What do you think on the... Yeah, that's really good advice. On the Facebook group that you're quite um, active on, I know, the local one, um, mm. what what are sort of some of the main questions that people ask? Yeah, they. I, I try to help out if I can. You know, if people do post questions, and I think, well, I've been doing this a little while, but I think the quest, there's, there's, three, there's three big questions that kind of come up again and again, which is, what do I have to do now? You know, what? who do I have to sign up with? What curriculum do I have? Do I have to do a particular curriculum? And then um, how will they make friends? That's another big one, isn't it? And um, that, that, those, those three questions seem to seem to come up, you know, again and again and again. Well, what would you say about how do they make friends? I think it's, a, as we've said before, it's kind of, it's the big one, isn't it? And yeah. it, it's, it's what everybody worries about. And yet probably it's one of the things the least problematic, I think, for a lot of people. Um, but it's the one that as parents we worry about most, and especially, I guess, if they've been in school and they've had, you know, 30 other children exactly their same age, which means there's 30 or, or plus children that they there's a fairly good chance that there will be a few, a handful of those children that they will get on with because, you know, just the chances. Yeah, yeah. And so... I, th- I think the first thing is it's really hard, but try not to worry. I think to understand that actually your child doesn't need to make friends just with children of their age. You, know, you can mm. kind of have vertical socialization. And if there are siblings, there'll be building relationships with siblings. If you have grandparents, you know, cousins, it's the family. Yeah. And then yeah. and then other people, as you go out, you know, neighbours, our, our little girl, d- during no lockdown particularly, because she really got to know a lot of our elderly neighbours as mm. we you know, stood in line for the, for the fruit van and, and walked around with her chicken under her arm and you know so actually she made really good friendships during lockdown with a lot of the elderly elderly people in our community and then so there but obviously children it is good for children to have friend if they would like to to have friends of their age and there are now so many potential groups 
um, or well, actually, well, real groups and also potential, the potential of making new groups mm. because there are so many home educators around that actually, you know, sign up for things. You, you don't have to go forever, but you know, there are <laughs> lots of things that you can just kind of just go along and just see. And, and if you, if you make that friendship, I used to, to pray before I went to something and just say, Lord, if there's somebody here that, um, that will be good for me to connect with or there's a potential friendship here you know would you just make sure that I bump into and I talk to that one particular person so I don't know what about you yes and I think um we've made friends and I've tried to make sure there's people coming in out of my children's lives there was a time for example I think I've said about this on the podcast before there was a time when um, my son seemed to have lots and lots of girls around him so I made a bit more of an effort to try and encourage boys to meet up so we had boy time here every so often uh, which involves lots of welly boots and lots of sausages <laughs> yes <laughs> no, gun battles that sort of thing. yeah that was great fun so sometimes you have to kind of go a little bit out out of your way to make that opportunity i think also you can because you, you're a bit more in in control of your children you know how often your children are socializing and making friends and having those opportunities sometimes it works well for a child who is um a little worried about you know, social, you can be there with them to help them, to guide them through, to help see there's no pressure on them to make friends. They don't have to be, you know, don't have to. <laughs> so mm. there's, there's that bonus as well. Mm. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And I think it can be hard for for children if they are very sociable and they're living like we are in the more rural location mm. yes. and there aren't, there aren't a lot of friends. So then there's sort of like, now you know you can FaceTime and and you know WhatsApp friends and so you know that's obviously that's that's really nice which well my daughter teenage daughter has now but actually the boys didn't have because mm. that just wasn't a thing then so that's good but but like you say Helen it, it is about about sometimes I think we have to be more intentional I think mm. if your kids are at school you know that they're going to see loads of kids every day and whereas actually we do have to we do have to be a bit more intentional mm. about it and and make those. Um, you know, invite people in. They're always it can be hard sometimes, but actually, always try and be the one that's a bit proactive. And, and, and you know, do invite you know invite somebody around mm. or invite someone to go and meet up in the park or invite. And it, it it can it can be difficult sometimes. But actually, if if you're if you if you are thinking help, I want my child to make friends. The chances are somebody else might be thinking that Absolutely, as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So just, just go take, for it. Make that. And then the kind of what do we do first? I think that's the other big question from people coming out of school um, and I'll tell you you don't have to sign up with anybody you don't have to tell anyone what you're doing you don't have to stick to a curriculum you know and there's a lot of stuff out there and there's there are a lot of curriculum companies I mean especially American ones but more and more things available online of course there's tons of things that you can sign up to and, and kind of be drawn to so again I suppose that's another reason to take things a bit steady and just kind of step back a little bit and think have a time to think about well what do we want to get from education what does my child need to what what makes my child tick you know yes where where are we kind of heading with that and you don't have to rush out and buy a big box curriculum unless that sort of is what floats your boat Mm. yeah no definitely and I think and that's a lovely thing to be able to do and I think I think also when I was thinking this through for us as adults, as parents, if we've been to school ourselves, certainly from my experience, it, it took re- me really quite a long time to de-school myself, mm. from, particularly because all the boys' friends were at school. And so I was very conscious of what other people were doing and you know where they were at. And 
And I didn't have a lot of other home educators around me, in a sense, to be inspired by. And I think you kind of soak in a bit. And certainly when we when um, we first met up with you know, Bichetters and all you wonderful people, it was just lovely because it really, it, it, it was a bit like kind of soaking in something, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly like, oh, wow, yeah, this is, it's a, it is a different way of seeing things. It's a different perspective, you know, and, and a different vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and that's just lovely. So I think if you can in time kind of just get into it with a, with a group of other, home educators maybe some who have been doing it a little a little bit longer because they probably will just be a bit more relaxed especially if they've got some older kids as well and they'll just see well actually you know it's worked out all right you know they're they're not completely messed up it all sort of comes together in the end yeah it all comes together in the end yeah and so I think you can kind of um you can kind of just take some of that that chilling but you can leave some of the school trappings behind because I mean you know like the title of the chapter where does the whiteboard go you know we don't need a whiteboard but as we just said both of us do have them and we yes. can scribble on them from time to time yeah um uh, you don't need to wear school uniform um you don't need to get dressed out of your pajamas if you uh, in fact that happens to be one of the big questions my children were always asked when when people when other young people found out they were home educated they would get asked is your mum a teacher and do you wear, do you do your work in your pajamas? <laughs> it's a bit different from the questions, which actually leads me on to something else as well. You you will get questions from people, um, and uh, you have to sort of develop a way of answering those. Sometimes you kind of prepare a little stock answer that you just try and trot out. Mm. Sometimes, depending on who it is and what kind of questioning it is, you might want to go into a bit more detail. Mm. Some people find it a bit of a slightly a threat to. The fact that they are using school and maybe they're a little bit feel a bit guilty that they stick, put their children in school every day, mm-hmm. you know. So, and other children, other people are very interested and curious. Um, you do find that you're having those conversations. Mm. I don't know. Do you get them still? Do you find questions? Yes, I've I've noticed that actually people are much more curious now, genuinely curious, um, and almost kind of gosh, well done kind of thing. <laughs> Um, that could have been since the lockdowns, whereas when we first started out, it was very much like your, yeah, it wasn't, I could tell it wasn't be, with the questions we were asked generally weren't being asked with genuine curiosity. It yeah. was more with kind of criticism, really. Yeah, a bit of, are you, are yeah. you sure your children will be okay? Yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. So. I have found the questions have changed. I think because people have got a bit more used, there's more home educators mm. anyway, and of course, with lockdown, people, children were all at home mm. learning for a while, weren't yeah. they? So people have got a bit more of a different idea of what home education might yeah. be like. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I guess actually, just one other thing I thought of just now is to try not to do school at home. Mm. And I think what you said at the beginning, Helen, about just giving yourself a lot of time just to to find out how how you tick and what they like doing, and mm. and just building that relationship, because I know. Certainly, in the the sort of the first few years with the boys, I slipped back. I I started to panic if you know I went mm-hmm. round some friends' houses and I said, "Oh, can I just look at so and so's book bag?" And I yeah. have a little look and I think, "Oh my goodness me, <laughs> are they really doing that?" <laughs> um, and actually, it all came out in the wash. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and when they're toddler, when they're little, when yeah. you've got a new baby, aren't you told all the time, "Don't compare, don't yes, compare"? And of yeah. course, it's just so natural to yes, compare yeah. and sort of be looking out going oh I'm not so sure about this yes yeah because you just feel it reflects on you don't it, you, you do yeah and you're vulnerable when you take when you first take your, your children out 
yeah, but actually school is one way of doing it, but you simply can't do that if you, mm. if you don't do school. That, that is one set, that is the system that yeah. works with it, you know, works or not, you know, within yeah. that system, but actually it doesn't work at home. And I think we can do, well, I actually think we can do a huge amount better for our children doing it differently and doing it more geared towards each individual child. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, even down to the way, you know, if obviously in a school you do a certain set time when you're doing maths and a certain set time when you're doing physics or art or whatever. And at the home, you can you can make that much more fluid. And if you're really getting on well with something, carry on. Well, you know your child, don't you? Actually, I know even though they're doing quite well, actually, I do need to stop them at 23 minutes because otherwise it's a bit of overload or actually they can do it all afternoon and that's really how they're going to sink in and the knowledge is going to get in yeah um you know so you can do it you can make it work for you and your child and your family and the situation you're in Mm, yeah oh well i hope that's been helpful and if you are in this position which you have just taken your child out of school or you're considering it just well just well done because (laughs) you've made you've taken a massive big step so give yourself a whole load of grace be very kind to yourself and very kind to your child um and and do get the book and read chance chapter because it's a really good one absolutely thanks for listening bye bye